Fake news. Mr. President. Fake news. Fake news. Fake news. Mr. President. I just want to have one thing to say. Mr. President, I'm trying to get a word edgewise here. Fake news put out Mr. President, it's not. It's not fake news just because you don't like it. A few days ago, fake news Enough! Each and every Tuesday, the Journey into Comics Network brings you the real news with the poor of poor, with the late breaking news that really matters. The following is a Journey into Comics Network production. Ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to Journey into Comics, the podcast about everything nerd. With your hosts, Nate Phillips and Brandon Stone. We've come a long way from the Prime Minister's exploding cake. Or have we? What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to another episode of Journey Into Comics. It's episode 182. I'm your host, Nate. As always, joining me, Brando. How are you doing, bud? Doing fantastic, Nate. Once again... This week, bringing you an awesome load of Journey into Comics. I like how I said load there. I don't know. I, I was thinking of load of news, load of stuff, but I just came out of a load of JIC. I'm running the old school. I'm using the old USB mic. I don't think I've used this for like a year. I think since I've got the Zoom, I've been using the Zoom or or something like, like the Zoom, involving the Zoom. Uh, so we're not recording on both ends. But of course, I want to address what happened on Journey into Wrestling last week. So apparently, if you guys listen to both shows, I sent my file to Nate. Uh, I uploaded it, and only 27 minutes of, of of the audio went. And so here I am, you know, I'm laying in bed, you know, you know, snuggling, and and, and you know, and, and and in my dream sleep. So then I wake up at like four o'clock in the morning. It's work. Look time. at my phone. Well, not yet, because I don't know about you, Nate, but when I get up, I can't get up yet. I feel that. Yeah, you got to stare at your phone for a second, put it back down, and sleep a little bit longer. Oh, dude, I hit, like, snooze, like, four times, okay? I, I, my alarm goes off at 4. I have another alarm set for 440. That that alarm is get my ass out of bed alarm. It's like, all right, get up, get up. And I'll be honest with you, I let it go to that alarm a lot. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> you got to wake up early. Fair enough. Not Wednesday. I saw your post or your message to me, and I'm like, oh, shit, I need to get that to him. So I dart out of bed, run back here, get on the computer. Let's go, did it record wrong? What's going on? I look at it. It's all perfect. All right, put that on the Dropbox. He can get that up there really quick. And I'm like, all right, good. And I send you a message like, sorry, man, just woke up. I got that to you. And I go, sit on the shitter, open up Facebook, during the wrestling live. I'm like, man, that was quick. And I'm like, that son of a bitch. Oh, God damn it. I just totally, like, wasted my entire time, woke up, and I'm awake now because of how much I had to, like, use my brain and all that kind of stuff for that, you know, that early in the morning. So, damn you, Nate, because I was like, you know what? It's only 4 o'clock, 4.30. No one's listening to this yet, really, unless you're overseas. So, it's like, you know, they can wait till five or six or seven until they get the show and, and it'll sound really good and it was a really good episode. And instead, I sound like I'm talking through a tin can the whole time. That was unfortunate. I had to, as Podfather, make executive decisions because you have a sleep schedule and the way things kind of shook out, and I'm going to get into this. Actually, it's a beautiful segue for 
for a lot of the craziness that's been happening within the network and things being late and stuff and whatnot. But go ahead. Hold the segue, though, because all of my alertness could have been avoided. If you would have said, don't worry, I got it. I never I never sent that text because no, my brain went to a million other places and that's my no, bad. So, my bad. So I'm like I'm like darting around, dude. I'm like, you know, flying through my house like Mighty Mouse. You look kinda like Fix It Felix Jr. just then from Wreck It Ralph. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh no Brando, it was kinda weird what happened was we like did the show, I had it on the board. And it was like, it's got to go up. We had to go to help Veronica finish moving. So it was like, okay, well, as soon as the move is done, then what we can get done is done. I'll get on the Wi-Fi. I'll upload the episode. No big deal. So when I got there and got to that point, it was like 1030. And I've been striving to keep the network at like a midnight launch for the new day. It's weird because we're off six hours anyways. And it's it's all super wonky how it all works. But lately we've been... Launching at midnight and the and the listens have kind of been going up, so it's kind of good. And uh, I was like, okay, well, I'm gonna go ahead and get this edited. And I get your episode, uh, your half of the episode. I drop it into the Audacity, and it's 27 minutes. And I'm like, oh no, oh no. Hey, dogs of our existence. I don't know if they'll hear that, Brando, but you're definitely hearing that. Um, but I'm like, 27 minutes. What do I do? I look at the time. It's 10:37, and my first thought was. He's a fucking sleep, man. Part of me wanted to message Kate to wake you up, and I thought, nah, it's not it's not worth it. I'll just I'll send him the message to let him know that it has happened, and I'll just use the the stuff when I get to the house. I got home at like 1.42 in the morning and started working on that. I edited that episode, podcastrophy, and two foodies until like almost three in the morning when I finally went to sleep. And I guess what you're telling me is if I would have waited like 15 goddamn minutes, we would have actually crossed paths and I would have been getting that information. But I was beat at that point, Brando, because it's been crazy. We've been moving Veronica out of her house and yesterday was the last day to move shit. And there was still a substantial amount of things to be done. It was all little stuff that was all in the little finer, final minor details of things that had to get taken care of. And some stuff had to go back to our house, and some stuff's moving to her mom's house, so it's just like this whole Tetris thing. I got to Lowell at 9 o'clock yesterday morning, and I start working. And I had to, I had to on my way to Lowell, run to Home Depot to get a door for Dad. That's very important. And when I think door, you think, oh, it's just a little tiny fucking screen door. That's the only thing he would have me pick up. Nope, I'm talking a fucking legit crown molding door with the fucking hinges and the whole nines that you put in the front of your house like it's legit so it's fucking big and I'm like I have to take a load of shit to to I have to like take stuff from Veronica's house now and get it out of here so I go okay I'm gonna have to leave the door at her her old house take the load of shit to my house and then come back on my way to go to Hoopston to visit dad because that's where I was headed last night so long story short, I worked in Lowell from 9 a.m. until about 6.15 or 6.30. We ate a little bit of pizza together. I dipped, flew back up to Hammond to home, uh, sat down for a brief minute, got the board on, recorded Voices Survival 16, loaded the board back up, got myself back together, unloaded the truck, drove back to Lowell, picked the door up, Got done with that and then drove to Hoopston where I immediately uploaded the episode. 
And I actually am so grateful that I survived yesterday because I did more driving and nonstop going. Like I was driving, Brando. Have you ever been driving in a car and you physically get to the point where your eyes make you go like, am I actually still seeing or am I dying right now in real time? You know, because you're like, you've your eyes have been open for so fucking long that you're like, you can't even concentrate if your eyes are really focused or not. Have you ever had that? Uh, yeah. Uh, the Usually, it, it it's usually when I work and then do something and then am getting home late. Uh, it's probably going to happen at the end of the month when we go to Chicago because I work that day. Then I'm going to pretty much take off straight to your place. Um. So it's probably going to happen that day. I'm probably going to be pretty beat by the end of the, by the end of the events that day. So, so you you feel me totally, absolutely. I've totally been there. But long story short, it's all done now, and the dust is settled. The house is sold. Everything is done with it. Um, moving sucks, no matter how you slice it, Brando. Moving really genuinely fucking blows. Absolutely. So, uh, anyways. We got some news, man. I'm just going to throw some random shit your way. I don't really know where to start. Some of these uh, articles you actually told me you wanted to have brought up, and I had actually already pulled them up. Um, We'll go ahead and start with DC. We don't typically start with DC, and this is actually some pretty fucking cool news. Um, On, uh, let's see, it would have been last Thursday, as it were. Last Thursday, because this comes out on Monday. Uh, DC announced Black Label, which is the prestigious superhero imprint. Um, They're going to be essentially taking and giving legendary names in the industry properties. Hey, go write a Batman story. Hey, go write Superman. Hey, go write Wonder Woman. Hey, go write whatever. Because their thought is some of the best stuff in the history of DC are those offshoots. Killing Joke, Dark Knight Returns. Think about the Watchmen, stuff that's not in continuity, that's tied to all the shit that they're trying to sell month to month, right? And man, right out the gate, they have some amazing, amazing names tied to some interesting properties, and I want to get your thoughts right out of the gate. Oh, dude, it's pretty cool because, um, as you said, you know, the whole like one-off stories and all that kind of stuff like that are, you know, dude, like those are awesome. Like, like Dark Knight Returns is one of my favorite books ever. So, you know, and, and, you know, and Killing Joke is right up there, too. So it's, man, and like it, the possibilities for this are nearly endless because you could get, you know, older guys coming back in to do a story. Or, or you could even get some of the more hotter property guys that maybe aren't tied down to a, you know, deal with anybody. that said, you know, I'm doing this, like this project for this run. Maybe you could get them to work on something that normally they wouldn't do. You know, like... Me personally, now this is just Brando, you know, we, we've we seen, you know, this dude write some other DC stuff, but I don't think Kev Smith's ever done a Batman story. Oh, man, Kevin Smith on a Batman project would be, um, oh, I don't even know. The possibilities are genuinely endless, and then the question comes into play of, like, who would he pick to draw that? I know mm-hmm. my first pick for a, a a Kevin Smith draw a written book, Jim Lee. 
Yeah. Yep. I mean, that's a that's a fucking out of the park home run. Everyone and their goddamn moms is lining up on the first day to buy that shit. Cause hell yeah. Did Kev do a uh, Green Lantern back in the day? He did. I think he's done some Green Lantern work. He's done Green Arrow work. He did Daredevil. Hmm. I'm trying to think. He. I don't think he. I don't think he's been on Spidey before. But I feel like he did another major Marvel. For some reason, I cannot think i'm trying to pull it up right now as a sidebar here on my computation station kevin smith comic uh he's written for green arrow he actually has kind of written sort of for batman because he actually wrote for batman 66 meets the green hornet Mm. um of course he did he did do spider-man i was right spider-man black cat i forgot that that story existed he did batman cacophony is another book that kevin smith has been tied to He's had his hands in some Batman stuff, but I think it's been limited to what they've allowed him to do and not, like, said, hey, take the reins off and really go fucking ham. Yeah, tell the story that you want to see told. Exactly. You know, Uh, know, like, we were talking about DC a little bit. Uh, Now, I haven't been following it. I know you have, but I did see today that it seems like they may be gearing towards Gotham to end this year. Really, Gotham? That you think they're gearing it to end, huh? Uh, that's this thing that I read that they were starting to put things in motion. Um, uh, I guess on the latest episode of Gotham, which did you did you see it? I haven't yet. No, that was um just this past Thursday's episode. I haven't got a chance to sit down and watch it yet. All right, so I won't spoil it for you, but uh, the, the stars are aligning is all I will say. Um, uh, for that for that show and the apparently. It's with them moving nights and viewership kind of dropping. It it seems like the showrunners are prepared for it to kind of come to a close. So they may be just go ahead and starting to wind down the current kind of stories to set them in motion for this to have run its course. Uh, I just like I, I read that and uh, was wondering your opinion on that. Well. I mean, honestly, Gotham came back with a bang after the mid-season break, just like on fire. The first episode back was phenomenal. They just keep doing a great job of evolving their world. And, you know, I know that there was rumor that they might do, like, No Man's Land as the as the finale for this season with, with the story that they're telling. Um, and wh- while that could mean a potential series wrap-up, I don't know if they... You know, like, I had heard that Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. was maybe going to be done. Like, they were preparing to finish their season, this season, as if it's the end. Um, it's actually a little shocking to hear that out of Gotham because they've just been... I mean, they're the, they're the little show that could, man. They're They're more popular than The Flash now. I mean, really, honestly, Gotham is hot. And lots and lots of people talk about it, and and it's so to hear that it's it's actually kind of shocking. But again, with Gotham, they can always throw you and the viewers for a loop because they can lead you to believe one thing is definitely certain, and then totally pull the rug out from under you. They've been really good about changing their status quo consistently. <laughs> I think. Right, and you know, I was just kind of thinking about from like a. When it, from a from like a show running standpoint, when you move nights, it's difficult. We because Monday night was their night for mm-hmm. a long time. Moving nights usually means the beginning of them trying to get more viewership. 
And when it doesn't happen, whether or not they think the story is good or not, that doesn't matter. It's about viewership. I mean, uh, completely unrelated, but Fox is not opposed to get rid of, show, of getting rid of shows that are you know really good and have a lot of room to grow. All you got to do is look back at one of their biggest hits of all time, besides The Simpsons, Family Guy. Family Guy. Family Guy. It it only went three seasons, and it moved it moved around on the schedule. They were trying to find a sweet spot, and it never found it. And it only it it found life in a few, like a few years later when it went when it went into reruns, and the DVD sale was really hot. So uh, they started like. The people behind the show were like, you know what? We still want to do something. Let's start working on something. And while they were working on that, they got picked back up by Fox and got more stuff ordered. And they went right in. And they've been going ever since. I think it was like 2005. So, damn. Think about that. Like, they, like that is a show that was killed and then came back. Then that, But, like, when you look at all – if you look at a list of shows that Fox has killed – that had potential, that scroll is going to go all around my house. Yeah. Fox does this. And so when I read this, I was like, even if it's doing good, it doesn't matter. They are going to be like, yank it, bye, see ya, move on, on to something else. You know what I honestly think if that happens, that Netflix will pick up Gotham. I think that is a no-brainer. Um, it already is on Netflix, like except for the current season, you know, because they and then they'll rush to get that out. So it wouldn't surprise me if that's the case. Real quick, I want to go back to the um, Black Label and list off some of the titles that they've announced for oh, the first wave. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just want to mention uh, Superman Year One with Frank Miller and John Romita Jr. Holy shit, that's going to be awesome. Um, Batman Last Night on Earth, night spelled K. N I G H T on Earth with uh, that this being done by Scott Snyder and Greg Capuo, famously of New Fifty Two Batman. Um, but this story is interesting because it says Batman wakes up in a desert. He doesn't know what year it is or how the Joker's head is alive in a jar beside him. But it's the beginning of a quest unlike anything the Dark Knight has undertaken before. In this strange future, villains are triumphant and society has liberated itself from the burden of ethical codes. Fighting to survive while in search of answers, Bruce Wayne uncovers the truth of his role in this new world and begins the last Batman story ever told. Damn, that sounds lit. Like, I'm like, holy fuck, I want to read that today. Batman Damned by Brian Azrello and Lee Bermejo. Um, and then they've got Wonder Woman, Historia, The Amazon, from Kelly Sue DeConnick and Phil Jimenez. Wonder Woman, Diana's Daughter, which is a working title, is going to be a Greg Rucka book. Greg Rucka has been writing for Wonder Woman for many, many years, so this is just him doing something awesome where he has full control of the story. Um, and then the other history of the DC Universe from John Ridley, apparently. Uh, the, a compelling series, literally a comp- Compelling literary series analyzing iconic DC moments and charting uh, socio-political gains through the perspective of DC superheroes who come from traditionally disenfranchised groups. So looking at like your John Stewart's, your Supergirls, Katana, you know, among others. So it's like kind of like an outcast book. Seems interesting. So they have they have plans for that black label. Um, but that's all I have for that. Other little DC news here. I don't know if you saw this or not. Uh, 
they've announced the villain for Wonder Woman 2? Yes, Cheetah. Yeah, did you know did they they today they announced who is playing Cheetah officially? Did you see this? Yes. Uh, people are not happy with this choice, Brando. Kristen Wiig has been cast as the Cheetah in Wonder Woman 2. Um, Patty Jenkins took to social media to make the announcement, saying that she was so excited to confirm the most thrilling news. Yes, it's true. So incredibly lucky to welcome the sensationally talented Kristen Wiig to our Wonder Woman family. Can't wait to finally work with one of my favorites and so excited for what we have planned. Um, interesting to note that they're not looking at this movie as a sequel. They want it to be like its own new adventure that's kind of... Not that they're not going to pay any attention to what the first movie did, but that they don't want it to be so heavily you have to have seen that first movie to get into this story, which is, I think, good. I dig that. I dig that. And, you know, sometimes you... I kind of wish movies would do that more, more along the lines of just more like another adventure kind of thing, you know, um, where sometimes you do need to, for, for, for certain character stuff, you kind of need to be aware of it, but like, that's almost kind of like a true thing for like, in for like in comics, when you have like a, like, like a story arc, not all the time in a certain story arc, do you need to be aware of what happened in the one that just happened? You know, a reader can just jump on in and enjoy the story. Absolutely, and that makes it easier for people to access, and then maybe they'll go back and watch your first movie if they haven't yet seen it. Maybe it will get them to stick yeah. around if you give them an access point, you know? Um, I will say some people are not not thrilled with her casting. Here's a couple tweets I got. Uh, someone on Twitter says, Not happy that Kristen Wiig will play villain Cheetah in Wonder Woman sequel. Couldn't they find a real actress? Boo. I don't know if I agree with that. Um, another negative says, um, I hate y'all. I'm actually, oh, wait, nope, that, that's actually a good one. Okay, this one says, I hate y'all. I'm actually not worried about this because I think Kristen Wiig is a great character actor. I think we're in for some pretty great, we're in for something pretty great, they say, so. Um, and then, uh, let's see, I'm trying to see, it's weird cause it said people say that there's hate and then I don't really, you know, there it's like, they don't really talk as much shit as I was expecting them to, but someone says I wasn't able to take Kristen Wiig seriously in dramatic roles in the Martian mother and downsizing. How am I meant to take her seriously voicing dressing as the cheetah in wonder woman too? It's kind of a great question. You know, character actor has a little bit of trouble there. But that's all I've got for the Wonder Woman-y stuff. Brando, what do you think about Kristen Wiig as uh, this character coming to the to the, to the the DCEU? You know, I mean, let's go for it. I mean, everyone takes some of this stuff so seriously sometimes, and they see an actor or an actress as just this. Yeah, and only something that 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 is this now. The, the, there's only two times that you're guaranteed to get that, and that's with Keanu Reeves and Christopher Walken. You're going to get Keanu Reeves or Christopher Walken playing that character if it were Christopher Walken or Keanu Reeves. So it's okay. I mean, let's see what she can do. I think people need to, you know, deserve a shot to step out of their comfort zone. Look what happened with Heath Ledger, and see how that. I'm not saying she will uh, do that same thing. But, you know, seriously, let's take a chance and let's, 
You know, let, let's give these actors and these, you know, people are like, no, Ben Affleck, no, he ruined Daredevil. And then he comes back and he's a badass Batman. So Because he didn't ruin Daredevil, the script ruined Daredevil, and that's just a, a folly of the times, too. I mean, superhero movies weren't ripe yet when they were trying to get that stuff on the ground. You know, and really, you could say that Daredevil and Elektra tried to pave the way for what we know as the MCU, considering they were tying stuff in together and being crossovers of themselves. So, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, in some ways, Affleck really is a trailblazer in that regard. But um, I agree with you. I think Kristen Wiig has an opportunity to do great things. I don't hate her, and I find her absolutely hilarious in everything she's in. And one thing I can tell you is, for the most part, the comedic actors, when you give them something that's a little bit more serious and, like, in that lead role, they go to places you wouldn't expect because they are comedic and they do have dark shit inside of them. You know, just because the funny bubbles to the surface doesn't mean that it's funny all the damn time. So I'm I'm really intrigued by this. Um, I have some more non-Marvel movie news here, Brando, because Todd McFarlane's Spawn reboot will start filming this May. What do you think about that? Uh, Shocked, really, because... This has been a long time coming, and I didn't realize we were this close. I didn't even know. I didn't even know that there was a, an actor cast for Al Simmons yet. Mm, actually, funny that you say that because McFarlane broke the news that the reboot has begun the casting process. We just officially the other day had our first casting meeting. So what that means for anyone listening today with the final script, we're going to start sending that into Hollywood to actually go pick up the cast members. Uh, one thing interesting to note is McFarlane actually took the project to Blumhouse. And Blumhouse famously, uh, you know, they are a part of a an Oscar award-winning movie because they released Get Out, um, which was phenomenal. If you've not seen Get Out, I highly, highly recommend you do so. Um, it looks like more specifically there are actors or characters you've seen in other movies that you'll think fall into the pool because it gives the casting director a picture so they can go, oh, okay. But they don't know who they're going to be casting yet. They aren't looking for anybody specific. It's They're just kind of getting an idea of who they might cast. And then if there are people that maybe are unheard of, maybe they'll go that route. You never know. Mm-hmm. Um, McFarland's all about giving people chances and creating new awesome things. So um, interesting to know that that's already this, this far along, you know. Um, hmm. We talked about this off air, Brando. This one's a little bit harder because it's our childhood under attack yet again. Toys R Us. What do you think about this news? It it's been coming. They close some stores. They close more stores. Uh, it kind of seems like they're gonna close more, even though they said no, man. Yeah, but it seems like they're making back in the background processes for them to start liquidating assets and if that's the case you better be uh uh packing up your wallets and going to your local toys r us because there's going to be some clearance blowout sales oh hell yeah and it's going to be dope if that's the case Uh, however toys r us responded to the reports that their stores are closing saying in a tweet 2 p.m. on March 9th. To our loyal customers, we've seen an amazing outpouring of love and support in the recent days, and we truly appreciate it. Our stores are open for business, ready to bring joy to children wherever we can, and to help new and expecting parents navigate raising a family. Um, I think that's good news. However, the company originally closed 182 stores. They announced they would be shutting down 200 more stores, so almost 500 stores in total getting shut down. Or 400, sorry. My math is not math right now. (laughs) Um, (laughs) my math is not math right now you know what I think is going to actually maybe happen to Toys R Us ultimately in this Brando 
storefronts are going to be gone, but ToysRUs.com will live on much like CircuitCity.com lives on, and it will become more distribution direct to buyer. Cut out the storefront because you don't really necessarily need it. People don't shop for toys by just... I mean, I shop for toys by perusing, but typically speaking now, the modern parent doesn't just go to fucking Toys R Us to peruse the toy aisle to see what their kid wants. They go online, they fucking punch in popular Ben 10 toy or whatever the shit, and then Ben 10 toy pops up on the thing and they go, let's buy six of those, whatever. The kid will probably fucking like it. And of course, it's the worst figure that no kid on earth has and they don't even know how you fucking found it. But these parents found this Ben 10 figure, apparently. Must have been made in somewhere. I don't fucking know. Um, but I don't know, man. This is rough. I don't, I don't like that Toys R Us might be gone. I have fond memories of that place. you remember the first time you went to a Toys R Us? Yes. Tell me about it, because I remember, um, too. Went with my grandparents and my mom in Champaign. Cool. Um, went down there, and I remember I got some turtle stuff, Ninja Turtle stuff. Fuck yes. I got this carrying case for my turtles it was yellow no i think mine was like red okay was it like um, a plasticky box it was it was kind of like um yeah but it was like um a vinyl type thing and it had like a little snap yes it had, it had like these um it, it had like these things were like they were like really cheap plastic and they were big enough for your figure to sit in and you had three and in a row, and you had nine in each one, and it could hold like maybe three of those in there. Yeah, that's exactly what I had, bro. Except for mine, I think was yellow. Uh, and then I got these turtles glasses, and they and they were like totally nineties, bro. Where they had like the little vents. Yeah. And then it had a little a little plastic tube. They went to the glasses because you could put water. And this little squeezy thing, and it would squirt out of your glasses. And <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. And yeah, so that yeah, I went to that Toys R Us a, like a few times. One of the times, IMA uh, have told a little fib Uh-oh. about how, about how much something was supposed to cost. Uh oh, let's go. Let's get into it. What what did you do? Well, I wanted something. What did you and want? The cat. I wanted the Batman. Mansion and Cave, okay, from the animated series. Fuck yeah. Um, so there it was, and uh, I saw it like in the ad, and let's just say that this ad was a little old. It was no longer on sale. Oh. <laughs> so we went, and we found it, and it was like $30 more, $20 more, and they got mad at me. I still got it, but... <laughs> So wait, you told them like, okay, wait, you saw the old ad and and then at the store you told them or like you said, hey, look at this ad. It's on sale here. And they just went to the store. We went. Uh, well, you, when you think about it, it was a trip for us to go down there. Yeah, about 45 minutes. So we, we went all the way down there for it to not to be that price. And they're like, you lied to us. And, I, and I'm just over there going. I didn't know. Uh, I, can I get the... Can I get the Batcave? And I mean, yeah, I did, but that's that's besides the matter. <laughs> My Batcave was so weird because I I had the Batman animated series uh, cave with like the Batman 
like returns figure with the Batman Returns Batmobile and the Batman Forever Batwing. I was crossing all these lines, man. That's awesome though, because then you had like the ultimate mashup. Did you see that picture? I think actually, I think you posted it. Yeah, that, shared it. That was uh, who am I talking to? Adam, uh, Michael, Ben, Val, Val George, Christian, or, or Christian. Yeah, well, because it, it's like it's Batman sitting on the floor in the corner of like a therapist's room. And the therapist is like. So which one am I talking to now? Adam, Michael, Val, George, Christian, or Ben? And Batman's sitting there like rocking back and forth. He's got all these different people in his head. Uh, which, by the way, uh, buddy, I want to go so bad, but I I don't think I'm going to be able to because I think we are already doing something that uh, on that day, but Indiana Comic-Con is coming up, right? Oh, soon. And um, I don't know if you guys are following Indiana Comic Con. We're local to, Indi- to uh, local to Indiana, so um, if you guys are local to us or you guys thinking about going, Nate, how would you feel if I just like went down some of the guest lists? Was, like, like would that be cool? Yeah, do it. Let's. Who's gonna be there? <clears throat> All right. So this is March thirtieth through the April first. So we're kind of busy. Like that Thursday, and also that Saturday, I have a show. Yeah, so like uh, and Sunday however, is Easter. However, uh, podcast free host Tyler is going to be there. That's cool. Um, we're gonna try and get some business cards made up for the network for him to give out. So, uh, David Harbor from Stranger Things, fuck pa, yes, uh, you know uh, he's 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 gonna be there. Uh, Sean Astin, oh, fuck yes. Lord of the Rings is gonna be there. Matthew Lewis, he played. Um, Neville Longbottom's going to be there. Fuck Jonathan yeah. Frakes. Fuck yeah. Jonathan Frakes, good old number two. Mr. Riker. Yeah. Sean, uh, Sean Young from uh, from Blade Runner, she's going to be there. Cool. I want to say she was also in the running for Catwoman. <laughs> and really? Point. Maybe. Uh, Michael Bean, of course, from the original Terminator film and then Aliens. Wallace Shawn from Princess Bride. Inconceivable. Inconceivable. Uh, Renee O'Connor from I recognize her face. Terminator. <laughs> no man, no O'Connor. No, <laughs> yeah, I don't know if you recognize her. I do recognize that face, but I don't know where she's from. William B. Davis again. Recognize the face. Don't know where he's from. Walter Jones. Ooh, Black Ranger. Black Ranger, the original OG voice actor Charlie Adler. He of course played Buster. Bunny, cow, and chicken, and Icus. That's what they have here, probably among others. Carlos Alizraki. Sure. Voice of Rocco from Rocco's Modern Life. Roger Bompus, the voice of Squidward from SpongeBob, which is ending, by the way. And this is the guy I would love to go see. The one and only Kevin <gasps> Conroy. Shit. The voice of Batman. And this is another dude I would love to get to meet and see. One and only oh, Nolan no, North. North. Oh, fuck. That is the pimpish shit. And then comic creator guests. Uh, Nate, you might know these names more than me. Sure. Uh, this is uh, Bill Amend. He's the creator of Foxtrot. He's, uh, that's the little comic strip okay. in the Sunday paper. Uh-huh. Uh, Ethan Beavers, 
he just shows a drawing of Dexter's lab. So maybe he was an artist on Dexter's uh, on like some of the Cartoon Network stuff. Possibly. Uh, Dylan Donner, Pat Broderick, Tom Bunk, Stephen Butler. And the image they do for Stephen Butler is Scarlet Spider. Ooh. Um, Sean Chen. Uh, and then as a, uh, as a uh, writer, Peter David, artist Mike DiCarlo, artist Robin Eisenberg, artist... Ail Garza, Peter uh, Peter Gillis, Michael Golden, Greg Horn, Tim Jacobus, Joe Jesco. There's a picture of Deadpool on that one. Uh, Bob Layton, uh, John Boy Myers. There's a picture of The Flash. Dan Mora, Phil Ortiz. There's a picture of The Simpsons. Carl Potts. There's a lot of freaking artists. Just starting to start to go through them now, but well, yeah, and like, you'll also probably get artists that are from Artist Alley that are in that list, and those are people that just you know are in the industry. They don't necessarily mean they they're tied to something big. No, no offense to anybody, but <clears throat> you know. And unfortunately, they, they they've had a couple of cancellations. Uh, Noah Schnapp, he played uh, Will, Will from from Stranger Things, and Henry Thomas, he played uh, Elliot in ET. Those guys are not going to be there, but, uh, you know, I went to Comic-Con twice. Uh, the last time I went, I met Christopher Sabat, of course, Dragon Ball, you know, Dragon Ball Z, Piccolo, Vegeta. You you can almost run the gamut of all the names. He's he voiced almost half the damn cast. Uh, but, like, you know, they all have their different prices for their photo ops and autographs, if that's what you want to get. I stand in line to meet them. And uh, the thing is, Nate, is that these Comic-Con stuff like this, where you have the meet and greet kind of thing with these guys, well, you know, you know, like with these guys as stars. Chris Sabat spent time with us. Sean Schemmel spent time. I didn't get to meet Sean because I couldn't convince Kate to stand in the line for another two hours. Um, uh, because these guys were the longest lines, and the reason why they were the longest lines is because they spent time with you and they talked with you. And when we got a picture, he took several pictures with us to make sure that we got one that we wanted with Wyatt looking at the camera. He, we you know. He he played around with Wyatt. He talked to him and was making faces at him, and it was awesome. It was an awesome experience. You've got other guys though, and I'm not dogging on this guy. I might have talked about this on the show before. I saw this where Val Kilmer was there uh, one year. Maybe it was last year. I, I I don't remember. Yeah, it was. Um, no, Val Kilmer, man, Batman, Top Gun, dude, run the gamut. He's a, a, an excellent actor. Of course, uh, who could forget? Um, Tombstone. I mean, come on. Doc Holliday is like one of my favorite characters uh, ever in a movie. He, he he plays that role fantastically. Anybody who says Val Kilmer is not a good actor could go suck it. He definitely can deliver the goods. Now, you've got a guy like him, and of course, you know, he's had it kind of rough, but uh, he just kind of sat in a chair while you came up next to him and took a picture. And that was it. Uh, that was it. You know, he, he might have shaken your hand and said hi but the thing is is that like I couldn't do that to myself and I couldn't do that to my fans if that was me um maybe maybe I'm just not at that level <laughs> and I but like I would just I'm the kind of guy that would be standing in line with you to be getting a hot dog and you would turn around and if I was big and famous you would go huh 
what are you doing here? I'm like, getting a hot dog, man. You want one? Hell yeah. You know, that would be me. That would be me. And he's like, oh my God, Brita just bought me a hot dog. And, you know, like, hey, man, you want a picture? That That's me. Because I like, you know, making people happy. I like, uh, you know, spending time with people. Maybe Val you Kilmer's know? jealous because he's lost in the shuffle a bit. Think of all the Batmans and think of how, okay, Clooney, definitively the worst. Everyone talks about it. Adam West set the pace for something that's totally different. Keaton was bringing the Dark Knight to the screen. You know, Bale gets flack for the voice and is often talked about as being critically acclaimed alongside of Heath Ledger. And then now you have Affleck, who is in this new era. Notice you don't have much to say about Kilmer other than he did the third Batman and they introduced Robin. I mean, he, he wasn't bad. but no, then again, he was better it, it, Bruce than he was a Bat, though. True, but like he also like he wasn't great either. And when you have Clooney, even Clooney says he was bad. He's like, yeah, sorry, <laughs> I was doing what they told me to do, man. <laughs> and then you got Christian Bale, who they kind of overproduced the voice in the second movie and made it like really garbled. Uh, which they, it, it's funny because you watch the whole set like very close together. The first movie you can understand him perfectly when he's the bat. And then the second movie, it's like they he put a garbled thing on his voice, kind of like how they did with Affleck. Yeah. But but it's even more so because he's growling on top of it. And so it sounds bad. And then you go to the third one, and they just take that garbledness away where he's kind of kind of breathy and still growly. But it's not bad. It's, it, it's almost on par with the first one. And then with Affleck, with his, with his performance, with that little, uh, uh, you know, Chief voice changer in BBS, which I don't even remember hearing it all that much in Justice League. Was it no, there? No, it's hardly there. It's just very subtly there. And that's even if they have it on at all, because a lot of times they're just talking with the other people and people know who he is. So being very non-secretive uh, about their, you know, names when they're out there fighting Superman and just saying, hey, Bruce, hey, Diana, what's up, Barry? How's it going, Cyborg guy, I forgot his fucking name. I really did. Cyborg guy. <laughs> Cyborg guy. I forgot his fucking um, is, stone. It, something stone. I can't think of it. He's a stone, though. Um, Shit. I did pick up... Uh, so, dude, I've been, I bought a lot of movies the last two days. Uh, yesterday, I, I finally bought Spider-Man Homecoming. Fuck yeah. So, so I saw, saw it for the second time last night. Um, I, I, and I picked up a few movies. I got some movies for Wyatt, but we were talking about Batman, and I picked up Birdman. Yeah. Uh, with Keaton, of course. This is almost kind of like a, uh, kind of a little like it, it, it's funny because he it, he played Birdman, which is almost kind of like an ode to like himself playing Batman, and then he goes on to become Vulture in Spider-Man: Homecoming. It's all about the bird life. He's he's yeah. got his wings. Yeah, dude. Uh, it's funny. I got home and uh, Kate was gonna go help uh, Gretchen with something, and uh, I'm just gonna be me and Wyatt. And I said, "Hey, buddy, I got us a movie. Who is this?" And he goes, "Spider Man." I watched Spider Man. Like, yeah, I heard in a little bit, and then he tried to open the movie, and I'm like, "No, no, 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 not yet. Don't break it, damn it, kid." I actually, yeah, no. ha I actually have some Marvel news, Brando. I think that was a great segue there. 
Ah, lovely. So I got to say this. This is awesome. You're going to really appreciate this. Josh Brolin, he's going to be, well, he's two characters because he's going to be Cable and he's also going to be Thanos. He recently tweeted um, the cover of Entertainment Weekly featuring Thanos holding the Infinity Gauntlet. Only two stones are definitely shown. Um, and he's the centerpiece. I don't know if you saw it yet or not, but these covers connect. It's 15 covers that connect to make one huge picture of all of the characters and stuff. It's pretty crazy, but of course, it's Entertainment Weekly, so you have to go get ripped off and go to Best Buy, and they have to hook you on a subscription that you'll you know, never realize you've paid for your whole life, and then you're like, what's this thing billing me eight ninety nine a month? Entertainment Weekly? What the fuck? Because that's what they do. Anyways, Josh Brolin said, I don't know, man. There, There's few words to describe when you're the front man for a group of pretty great musicians like the Mad Titans. I have a feeling the third album may go gold. Who knows? Maybe platinum. Um, that's a uh, <coughs> Silver Surfer reference. Um, but it's great that we might sell out some venues. Hoping to play the Fantastic Forum. Always wanted to bring that house down. Anyways, April 27th. Anyone shows or not, we're going to blow the roof off this fucking joint. I think Josh Brolin's pretty excited to play Thanos Brando. What's with all the Fantastic Four references in the last few weeks? I'm telling you, they're going to announce something big soon because he says the third album may go gold, maybe platinum, platinum being, again, a reference to Silver Surfer, um, and then hoping to play the Fantastic Forum. Always wanted to bring that house down. Always wanted to bring the Fantastic Four down. Thanos wants to bring down the Fantastic Four they are they're definitely alluding that it's coming and not, we all know it's fucking coming but at this point it's almost the anticipation game of when is marvel going to announce that we're getting a fantastic four that we're getting a new form of x-men and actually i have some news on that but it seems i have to sneeze take over it's hard for me to take over a show when you don't i don't have any of the articles Oh shit. <laughs> to go to, I can't take over the show because you're like, I got some news to take over. I'm like, ta-da. I didn't know if you had anything. Sorry. No, man. I, uh, I'm just, I'm here and I'm reacting. Uh, we got some, we got some newsage. We got some stuff about the X-Men's. I, I got some X-Men's movie right over here. I got the X-Men's origins, the Wolverine and Logan. They, they're, they're called different things and they're not really things, but they're, it's like, are these sequels or are they not? There's no one, two, or three to them. And uh, yeah, man. Uh, the first one doesn't I mean, count. Nah, nope, nope. It's totally retconned. So back to what's the word on X-Men Fantastic Four. Kevin Feige said it's all about getting Infinity War finished and out. Starting Captain Marvel, Ant-Man and the Wasp, the Untitled Avengers, the next Spider-Man, and Guardians Volume 3. Um, these are the ones that are keeping us busy and when and how that deal with Fox finishes and comes together and we're told, hey, now you can start working on it. Now you can think about it is when we'll actually start thinking about it. I will say just the notion of having what, frankly, most other companies with intellectual property have all along, which is access to all of their characters. That would be fun. So essentially saying that, you know, eventually we're going to get the news that this is going to happen, but... Uh, when, who knows? Not sure at all. At all. Um, yeah, with the whole Fox thing, man, it's, you know, they 
it would not be wise for them to say, well, let's do this if we do it. But if it doesn't happen, then let's do this. They, they've they got to stay on their track and act like that's not going to happen yet. Until it happens, they, for sure. And it, until it comes in, until it happens, and then they could try to alter their course, just like they did with Spider-Man. Because like, how quickly can they insert said film and make it work, you know? Exactly. And I think that... You know, it's interesting to note that they put some placeholders out and haven't announced movies and stuff. And you got to wonder if, obviously, behind the scenes, Disney is getting reports of like, hey, we're in the current process of this happening with your sale of or your purchase of these, you know, things. You also have to think, and I think I've said this before, if you're Marvel, you almost put in place some sort of, I don't know what's the word I want to look for here. You almost have to put in place a plan to say, look, if somebody shanghais this deal and it doesn't get done with Fox, we still want our fucking properties back. Like, the ones that they need to have to keep themselves all together in canon. So essentially, Disney bought it and is now refreshing the page to check their tracking number right now. Exactly. <laughs> They're like, is it in yet? Is it in yet? Is it in yet? Is it in yet? It hasn't even fucking left the first place. What? It's been Urgh. fucking four weeks, man. How's it still in fucking Fox? You're supposed to be shipping me fucking Fantastic Four and Avatar. I almost said Atari. <laughs> <laughs> Ship me Fantastic funny. Four and the Atari. It, it, it would have been funnier if you'd have said the Avatar. Mm, the Avatar. I like that. Um, I've got some more Infinity War news, Brando, to get through here. Uh, according to Feige. Characters that will die in this movie will absolutely, without question, stay dead. That means there's no bringing them back in any way, shape, or form. He also said that dead doesn't mean, like, dead killed off, but if they say, like, we're going off into the sunset and I'm not going to be a hero anymore, we will not see them as a hero ever again at the end of this movie. Uh, Infinity War will be tying together a ton of... A ton of threads. People are curious, will we get the leader thread from the Incredible Hulk movie tied into Infinity War? Because they promised to pay off every thread that's been put in place in the MCU's history. Things that have not been paid off will get paid off. That's one thing to think about. They tease the leader in Incredible Hulk movie. He doesn't officially appear, but it's like uh, it could happen. Um, but here's one that's really interesting. The death of Coulson. Son of Cole. According to the Avengers, he's fucking dead, right? However, he's been on this TV show, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., for 100 episodes at this point. And you got to think, man, how epic would it be if they paid that off, right? Coulson shows back up, and it's like the Avengers are like, wait, he wasn't fucking dead? What? Like, how shattering would that be? And actually, there's some stuff that's said around it. Um, <clears throat> Jeff Loeb says um, it's certainly something that will get resolved it may get resolved in a very surprising way so that's a very very vague way to say something is happening and uh, of course uh, Clark Gregg who plays Coulson said that when it's time for them to connect those worlds they will and when they're ready for me to be a part of that they'll call me and he I'll hear from them right now I'm just trying to keep Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. running steady um, I don't know, Brando. You think about the first Avengers movie, and it hinges so heavily on the death of Coulson. What would this do to a team finding out that <laughs> their dude didn't really die or got undeadified? 
that they're going to have to lose another member to like rally around. Oh shit, yeah. <laughs> uh, Iron Man. This time for good. Uh, <laughs> Coulson shows up right when Tony's dying. Like Col- Coulson shows up just to die again. <laughs> That'd be hilarious. I'm here, guys. I'm back. Loki kills him the exact same way. <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> Um, I guess that the movie's also going to show younger Thanos, like kind of his backstory and really build on why he's chasing the Infinity Stones. What's the purpose of this? It's not just he woke up one day and said, fuck it, I got a boner for six Infinity Stones. I'm going to go find them some bitches, you know? He's he's like running and playing. He's got like little like little khaki shorts and like a little t-shirt on, you know, that, that has a raccoon on it. And he's like running along and trips and he falls and skins his knee. And he looks up at the sky and he sees like these like glow like stars that are glowing different colors. He's like, I know my destiny. Um, actually, apparently he's gonna be like, the whole story is that Thanos is um, like uh, what's that word? He's he has a disability or is um incomplete he has a disability no not disability that's not the word i'm looking for damn it fucking what's the word i'm looking for brando i can't find it it's killing me right now in the middle of the podcast that this word is pervading me um trying to gather my thought here my train of my existence my train of thought of my existence uh he'll be deformed that's the word it was a d word i couldn't think of it he's deformed thanos is deformed that's his thing and his deformation changes how his character evolves and he almost goes on a vision quest of like all these people were shitty to me my whole life because of this deformation and I'm going to set the world right you know and maybe I can put these stones together and do something special maybe he can put together the Brandon stone hey that was a callback to uh, uh, sort of live like sort of jeopardy yeah yeah yeah, 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 hell yeah! It's, it's been a, it's been a few years ago now. Oh yeah, I missed that show. We need to bring it back sometime, someday. We yeah. need you, Silent Rob. Wakanda forever, Brando. They're gonna cross one billion this weekend at the box office globally. Oh yeah, crazy, right? Doing awesome, man. Now I wonder since like, are they gonna be able to rush Black Panther out on video before? Uh... Before Avengers comes out? Well, Thor dropped the first week of November. Uh, December, January, fe- February, three months. February, March, and March, April, May. No, I don't know. Unless they make it like, unless they're planning to do that as like some big special, like, woohoo, celebrate. Here's Black Panther a little bit earlier on Blu ray. I've not heard anything about when that's scheduled to release, though. I would release it the same week. Yeah, on video. like on Tuesday, get the hype really yeah. fucking going. Hell yeah! Um, I'm stoked, man. We're getting closer to that. We're getting closer to a lot of stuff. But what we finally have in our grasps is another issue of The Walking Dead, bro. Yes, indeed, 177. What did you think? It bounced around a little bit. We went back and uh, you know saw some characters we hadn't seen in a minute. How's it going, Rick uh, and Mikey? Rick and Mikey over there, and uh, then we bounced back over to the uh, to, to the hilltop. We were like looking at characters I don't know the names of, and they got spears. 
they're which, essentially which I, just guards. I had no idea we were that we were even at the hilltop for a second until they he went into the shed to get another weapon, and there's Maggie, and I can't remember that dude's name. Dante, Dante, Dante. Dante. And they were almost uh, bumping uglies. They they were in their undies, man. They were stripping down. It's amazing that in the that in the apocalypse this far in, they're still able to find good underwear that fits. Uh, yeah, for real. Here's another thing that's strange, Brando. When you w- read that book and looked, did you look closely at the art in that specific scene of Dante and Maggie? They definitely drew the bulge, bro. Oh, <laughs> like, no. Yes, they did. I did not notice it. I read it twice. And on my second read-through, I was just like, kind of like looking at all the art because I already knew the story. And I was like, oh, my God, that's his bulge. What the fuck? Like, Wow. Dante Bulge in comics. Like, that's where we're at. This was a very sexual issue, kind of. Actually, there was a lot of things kind of that way going on. Um, obviously, we end up going to the Commonwealth, and Elodie is there with Michonne, and we learn some fucked up shit about her past. Wow. Talk about yeah, traumatic man. and fucking dark. Yeah, we get to hear some pretty bad stuff that happened to Elodie and her sister, Colette. Yeah, Colette. Um, and of course Colette didn't make it, but yeah, uh, it, it was pretty touching and kind of heartbreaking because it's like you, you almost get a state of reflection with Michonne and her understanding of Elodie having done some of these bad things that she had to do to survive. And Michonne's kind of done the same thing, especially, especially with the governor. Yes. Oh, absolutely. And the shit she had to endure during that time. Um, but with the one thing, the other thing with Elodie though that's interesting is her. She kind of has like a character break, where she's talking and you're hearing this really somber thing, and she's talking about how these people that were protecting them wanted certain things from the women, and it was awful. And her sister said no, and then you're like, oh my god, they're gonna go into really awful detail, and she's about to like really break down, and instead she just goes, I killed them, I killed all of them, and that's what haunts me is that I did that with no remorse. You know, I fucking took them all out. And Michonne's like, you my girl. You my kid. Oh, my God. Dogs of my existence. Is that loud? Yeah, yeah, a bit. Damn it. Hold on. You just keep uh, talking about The Walking Dead. Keep going on. I'm going to get these doggos' attention and be like, hey, trying to do a podcast. Yeah, we're trying to talk about The Walking Dead, doggies. All right, so... uh <laughs> Uh, so we had uh, we we're, we're back at the Commonwealth, and I can't remember uh, the name of the leader. Uh, do you remember the name of the leader, Nate? Pamela Milton. Pamela, and she has a son. And Sebastian. He was all, Sebastian is all getting all hot and heavy with his girl out uh, out in the field. More sexy and, time. Yeah, more sexy time. And then I guess there's a guard with him, Mercer. Was supposed to be watching their backs and kind of kind of failed a little bit. I mean, he didn't. He saved them, but like they were pretty much in their undies almost and about ready to bump uglies. And uh, they're having a little picnic out in the field like it was normal times, but it's not normal times. We're in the fucking zombie apocalypse here, Brando. Uh, interesting to note, Mercer. You know, you said he kind of failed, although he didn't. I think he was actually doing that just like. Um, you know what? I'm going to let him see if he even knows that he's about to die before I save this motherfucker. And that gets kind of reflected later on in the book when uh, Mercer gets back to the Commonwealth with Sebastian. Sebastian runs into Pamela, who is talking to... Um, you've got Eugene is there, and Yumiko, and uh, 
Magna and Don, not Dante, Siddick and uh, Princess are there. And Pamela's talking to them, and she's like, you know, as soon as this meeting between Michonne and her daughter is done, like, we have to give them time. We'll give you guys back your weapons. You can choose to stay or leave. And then, you know, Pamela's, like, kind of pissed at Mercer, tells him to go get cleaned up, and then there's somebody in Mercer's ear like, dude, you say the word, man, and we're all ready to join you and fucking overthrow these stupid fucks. And he's like... I don't think we need to do anything. They're going to destroy themselves because if I wouldn't have saved Sebastian just then, like, oops. Like, big oops, oops. He should have been able to take care of one single... He doesn't call him a walker. He calls him something else. A rotted? Yeah, yeah. Something like that. Something weird like that, but... I don't know. I loved it. I think that they're doing a good job of slowly building this story. They're not giving too much away of what could even be coming but I feel like they're putting a lot of chess pieces on the board for big change to come in this Walking Dead universe. It, that, I feel like that really planted the seed of there being people in the Commonwealth that are ready to take over and make this something different. And I feel like that may be a way to get the other the, the other groups in, is for them to try and come in and stop this other group or then they get integrated or you get a new seat of, you know, Rick now has 50,000 people to look after instead of like, you know, 200. 50, yeah. <laughs> even if that, I, I don't even know what their actual numbers are anymore. Yeah, that's true. They've had a lot of casualties and stuff. And of course, go back to the thing with Rick. We don't, we haven't seen Rick in a while. He's still healing from Andrea. We actually haven't seen Negan in two issues at this point. Mm-hmm. It's two months with no Negan, no 2018 with Negan. We've not seen him appear yet, and I'm interested in what's going on there. Uh, you know, Mercer seems badass. He can throw those axes. That's pretty cool. Introduction of a new character. Elodie seems like she could take care of herself. But where does this all lead? I mean, with with the with the possibility that Mercer will overthrow what government is there in place now. I mean, is this going to be like? Pamela knows that it's coming and she ends up trying to hire Rick and company to save them from this coup or, you know, uh, is it something else like uh, Rick and them are going to just lie and wait till the Commonwealth is ripe for the taking and just slide in and become the leader, you know, like because Rick is kind of sometimes the badass that does that. I don't know. What do you see coming out of this on the other side of this book? I don't know, man. I really don't know. Um, But I'm excited for the journey. And of course, Siddick busts an in and sees and hears the conversation of of the possibility of Mercer and company overthrowing. And uh, mm-hmm. interesting to note where that's going to take us in the future of this book. Yep. Um, what would you give this uh, this issue of The Walking Dead out of five? Shoot. Hmm. Three and a half. Yeah, I think it was a solid three, seven, five-ish. Like it's it's slow building the story. I feel like this book is again going to be really much more pivotal later down the road. Much like how like you look in the one thirties of The Walking Dead on the other side of the jump, and there's not like a lot of super memorable stuff that happens, but everything is set up in those moments. You know the the starting of the phone calls with the radio and the fixing of the radio and the you know um, Magna and Company and the Whispers first appearances and you know implanting Alpha and whatnot. I heard Alpha it might actually already be on the Walking Dead show. Is that something you know about? Anything? No, like, no. They're saying but... Jadis is going to become Alpha, the lead chick. You, ha- you haven't seen the 
the recent episodes yet. No, we're going to catch up next week. I'm going to be caught up next week for us to talk about it, I promise. Um, but, uh, yeah, some stuff happens with those guys. Uh, and that's all I'll say for now until we can talk about it next week. Um, what I will say this, and, and, and I'll say what I told Nate before. I was not a fan of the whole bye-bye Carl thing, okay? Uh, but to that same extent, you know, who could have saw that coming? When you're a fan of the book and it's going this way, and the show is like, okay, almost at, we're almost at a point where the, where the, where the book and the show were almost one and one with each other, creating, re- recreating awesome moments with Negan, with the whole pool table, that one, you know, the... Glenn, Jesus, even though it was gruesome. Exactly. No, like, bringing Negan, they have done such a good job of, of parody with the comic, and this is a giant skew this way. No one could have imagined that that would happen, much less how it happened. It was a, oh my God. That just happened. Yeah. You know, and there are two things. One, I feel like this is kind of like the Andrea moment that we got later on, well past Negan, with the Whispers, where it was like, oh, my God, yeah, we live in a zombie apocalypse. Oops. A bite can still Uh, get you. And number two, think about what that character and everything that character has been involved with and the reasoning of Rick even existing from the beginning of the show. Yeah. Gone. What is that character's death then spawn into and create just like how we're talking about how like, wow. Yeah. You know, some of that stuff wasn't really memorable, but it really laid groundwork for other stuff. I feel like his character's death is another way to an ends to a meme. Absolutely. Uh, uh, it, it's not necessarily what I wanted because I wanted to see him becoming more of a mature character in the show. And, and I was disappointed in this season where they, he was really not featured a whole lot. But his last episode was beautiful. Damn. Uh, they did such a good job. Uh, I'm not spoiling anything, uh, but that episode kind of timey-wimey's a little bit where it goes like, and you see the event happen. You know how oh, we said yeah. it happened off screen. It, it goes back and it shows it. And then it shows him like in the bathroom at the house looking at himself. And he's like, <sighs> and he's looking in the mirror. He's like, he's like, he's like, son of a bitch, you know? <laughs> yeah. And then he like, he patches himself up and then he's outside planting some stuff in the, like, and he's watching Judith run around and he takes his hat off and he feels the sun on his face and it just shows him like soaking it in because he knows that it's, it's over. Damn. Well, and I'm going to catch up and we're going to fucking really dive into it, these episodes. Yeah, no, like I, as I said, I, I really didn't like that character going away for my personal reasons in the story. Plus being a fan of the comic, but the way that they did it, it was beautiful. I thought it was great. It's one of the better, uh, deaths, that they've done in a long time, as far as like it, it, it was it it, it, it it it's meaningful. It, it's meaningful, and they shot it in such a way that it was meaningful. Um, and then, of course, in the next episode, as I said, there's I gave you a little bit of a spoiler uh, where uh, uh, 
Carl wrote letters to a lot of people. And one of those people was Negan. And when Rick was told that, he read the letter. And he called Negan on the radio. And I loved Negan's reaction to him finding out that Carl was not there anymore. Damn, I'm excited to see that. It, it it has brought out a lot of really cool performances uh, with Chandler Riggs, uh, with um, Andy Lincoln, you know. JDM. Yes, exactly. And um, uh, what, what's her name? Deny? Deny Guerrera. Deny Guerrera. Same. Uh, those three specifically. Um, the only thing I didn't like, and that's something that, the, that this book. Oh, oh, shit. They they kind of explained the little future f- jump scenes. Oh, really? There's a reason why Carl was in them in, in the beginning of, 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 of like of the season. Hmm. They were his. They were his daydream. His daydream. Mm-hmm. His his dream for for the future. Oh wow! And um, that guy that yeah, I will give you that spoiler because. There's a moment at the end of that episode that is fucking amazing. Oh god damn it, Nate! It it just was like because it, it this is this is uh, Carl thinking about what we could be, and there's and there's old man Rick hobbling, and there's Judith a little older, and they're they 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 walk and then they see the dude uh, the armored dude from the kingdom, right? Yeah, and and Siddick is there and. Uh, he, he, he and he's like he's like what you doing here he's like oh i got roped into doing some you know some blacksmith duty man he goes and they, and it's like oh cool and then he's hobbling along and then there's then there's uh a eugene he he's made like a little sun um solar oven to, to bake some apples and he gives an apple to judith and there and then judith is running along in the garden and she kind of like you know runs away from rick right when rick's kind of like hobbling behind her you know yeah and and there's somebody working in the garden, and he stand and he stands up, and it's Negan. Oh, and, he, and he's like, "How are you doing, darling?" Damn and it's it. like, God, that was so good. I'm like, oh my gosh. And and then of course, like as I said, you don't want to see Carl go because there's so much more for that character to do, too much, and and then to grow. But then at the same time, as as a father watching this. Uh, Andy Lincoln doing such a fucking great job feeling like he failed and then you know uh, Chandler Riggs doing such an awesome job of like dying essentially yeah. <laughs> slowly dying slowly dying too because it was one of those long like just kind of like the Andrea thing that's why I think it's almost kind of like a mishmash of the two and so like I wasn't sold on it and now, so far, it's like, all right, let, 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 let's see what you can do to use that as a motivation for wrapping up All Out War. And then, obviously, with um, with how Carl wanted things to be, that's kind of like his vision. Rick says this, and I will spoil this one for you because it's not a spoiler. He goes, I swear, I'll make it happen. I'll make it real. Damn. But, yeah, so it, it's like... It, it it was good shit, man. And as I said, you know, I know you're gonna feel the same way I am. You you're you're gonna be watching this going, this this shouldn't be happening. But that's that's honestly the way the book has always been. 
True. That's true. And another thing you got to think is the show unintentionally pigeonholed itself back in season three when they kill Andrea. Because mm-hmm. you need Andrea to keep the love thing with Rick, but now you don't have that. You're not going to put it in fucking Carol's hands. It's got to be Michonne, but you can't kill Michonne unless there's a Michonne to take over for Michonne, if that makes sense, like as they did in the comics, where Michonne's there for Rick after the death of Andrea. That can't be now. So what's the next best effective thing to do? Cut off Rick's other fucking arm and kill Carl and make it to where... Now he is confiding in Michonne. Now it's still the same emotional drive, but it's for a different reason. And it's for a different character. Plus, they never killed off Judith. True. So even though she's still young and she's like three years old. And she's Shane's baby. She's the future. She is the future. You know, she's the next generation that he's fighting for. I have an interesting question. Go for it. In like 20 years when we're older dudes, when we're like older dudes and we're still doing this podcast in like three, 400, 500, 600 numbers, whatever the fuck it is, seven, eight, nine, wherever we're at. Um, when we're older dudes, just bear with me here. Are they going to reboot The Walking Dead and have somebody else be like, look, I want to bring Kirkman's vision from the comics to the screen and try to be more true to the book, unlike the show ever was? Hmm. I mean... Sure. Uh, make it a movie, though. Don't do it as a series. Ooh, a movie would be dope. You could do it in segments. Yeah, yeah. You know, you could try to do it in segments. Uh, the thing is, is that until recently, when they, and they've had that whole lawsuit going on, Kirkman's been on board, and I've actually enjoyed uh, him being able to, like, well, you know what? In the book, I did this. Well, I'm not going to cut his fucking arm off now because I realized that was fucking dumb. Because now and, we have to uh, waste money on CGI if I do. <laughs> you know, and it's like, oh, shit, we blew uh, Carl's eye off. How are we going to get around that? He wears a bandage. And then the he dies. <laughs> yeah, well, then we're not going to worry about that because he ain't going to be around much longer. He, uh, Man, it's but, expensive uh, to have a CGI tiger, Brando. Kill that son of is. a bitch, too. <laughs> well, yeah. Uh, but uh, and I think that's why they kind of bumped up that, that part of the storyline. Um, but dude, there, there is some awesome shit in these first two episodes, uh, so far I'm looking forward to Sunday. Uh, I'm really looking forward to, to seeing yesterday. Oh yes, you're right. Uh, weird. Yeah, I know. Timey wimey. I'm looking forward to seeing where they go. I mean, obviously I'm a big fan of the all out war storyline. Uh, it was probably the most gripping. I could not, I was counting down the days of the issues nowadays. I almost forget that the issue's out until I'm like, what are we talking about this week? And you go this. I'm like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's existing. Yeah. It's the first Wednesday of every month. Uh, do we miss a uh, did we miss a Watchmen? Or, no, I'm sorry. Four is not out yet. Um, actually, let me tell you when four comes out because I think it's next week. Let me midtown cover. Try to pull this. 314. Next Wednesday's pie day, Brando. If you smell wow, what I'm cooking. Okay, no, next week is not a week for weird. That's very strange. Let me see if I can find where issue four drops, because it may tell me. Doomsday clock. I said cluke. <laughs> the doomsday cluke. Okay, Doomsday Clock is available soon, so it's not out yet, folks. And it looks like it doesn't come out until the 28th of this month. So it's at the end of the month, Brando. 
Cool. Cover A is pancakes that also kind of looks like the Rorschach mask. Cover B <laughs> is Rorschach walking away from some gigantic ass explosion. Cool. Always, you know, badasses never look, never, never look back at the explosion, you know? He doesn't even look badass. He just looks sullen. His head's kind of down. He's like, man, I ripped ass too hard in there. Oops. <laughs> now, and now I've killed my family. Oh, no. I had too much human bean juice. <laughs> he lo- Dude, he loves his beans, man. Oh, he does love his beans. That's a old school Watchmen callback. But, uh, Brando, do you have anything else we wanted to add to today? You know what? I think we are pretty good for this week. Uh, I don't really have a whole lot to talk about. I didn't really have a lot to talk about other than the comic book. And, uh, like, the articles I told you about were just something I skimmed across on, on, uh, on like, like, on the Facebook there. Um, of course, you can always uh, check us out all over the interwebs. And, of course, subscribe on your favorite podcast service. We are on all of those as much as we think we are. Uh, of course, the iTunes, the Podbeans, the Spotify's. Uh, the Stitchers. You can go to all those. Search Journey to Comics Network, and we're there. Google Play Music. Nobody likes that one. Uh, you're uh, right. Nobody does because it doesn't update in time, bastards. No, no kidding. But we're also on Patreon, guys. If you want to come and help us out and support the show and support all the shows on the network, go there and, and pledge a dollar a month. You get early access, and you go to three, you get early access plus exclusive content, which right now is the Road to Infinity War. We're reviewing all every single movie on the road to infinity war we are what what one can went up this week or is going up this week this week will be the foodies watching movies reviewing age of ultron this nice. wednesday yeah so check that out it also coincides with the regular foodies episode which is our post show wrap up from the oscars live at ap's apt <laughs> as it were so uh be sure to check both those out, folks. And yeah, absolutely with the Road to Infinity War. And also we did special, special footage because we put a Deadpool review with inside of our special review. It's like 16 specials with the amount of wall breaks we did there. Yeah, dude, that's awesome. And also coming down the pipe as in very, very soon. Warning. Brand brand new shows coming exclusive to the Patreon. You can't get them anywhere else. Except for there, I, I have I even said the name of any of them yet. We have not officially announced the name of any of them. I think that we could, if we wanted to, at least announce three of the four. Well, here's the thing, Nate. Uh, the, the the first episode of the show that I'm doing, uh, we are gonna try and record that probably not next week, but the week after that. Sweet. And literally, the like once it's done. Uh, what I'm thinking is going to happen is that it's going to take place of a week of JIC to do the whole takeover type thing for, to let you guys know that this is a show, this is what we're doing, and where to find it from here on in. Awesome. I love that. I think that's a great idea, and I think that that's a good thing we can do here. We haven't had a takeover on the on the JIC regular feed since the network, so kind of cool to bring an old school concept back. And um, take a week off. I'll be grateful for to have that week off. Um, and hey, man. I do JIC that week. But, um, it's still going to be a great show because it's going to be some great topics and you know full of stuff. Basically, guys, I'm, I'm sort of stringing you along here a little bit because I don't want to announce it in lieu of anything going drastically wrong. 
In other words, I, I don't want to offer empty promises. So when that first show is in the bag, um, either that e- either it's in the bag or we are going to like uh, going to do it that week. That is when I'm going to announce what it is. And I'm guessing that you're probably going to put that on Patreon immediately as early access thing. So you, if you really want to know what this show is, get in now to our Patreon for a dollar. As soon as Brando's ready to drop that, you guys are going to get it before it even comes to the journey into comics.com. Yeah, no, the first episode is going to be completely free. Um, and then uh, if you uh, do the early access thing, you will get it early uh, if, if you do that. But even if you uh, are just scrolling over there on the Patreon uh, a- after the early access period is up, it will be up there as a free episode, as, as like an appetizer for you guys. And then after that, it will be uh, under the exclusive content tier for the $3 because we got four shows coming at you. These shows are probably going to be updated. They're going to be like monthly. So that way you guys get almost like one month for like, it's going to be like a show a week, kind of, you know, uh, where me and Nate are going to try and figure out release dates and schedules for these shows. That way we could try and keep a constant stream of exclusive content uh, coming to all, to all of you patrons and all of you uh, potential uh, uh, patrons and supporters and backers for all you guys. Yeah, man, we, uh, we have big plans and I feel like every time we just like, like we just got settled into how the network is like rolling and we have a pretty good schedule. We run a pretty decent ship, you know, things don't fall off the rails too often, if at all. Um, and then it's like, well, how do we expand on that and go even further? And that's to add a little bit more stuff. The cool thing about these exclusive things is that they're not going to be tied to, I mean, they may be tied to specific events that are happening in real time when around they're being released, but it is highly likely that these shows that we are releasing are going to be pretty much within themselves and you can listen to them at any time and it's not going to feel like you have to have been staying current with the show you'll know you'll be able to catch up and get in on all that so um, i'm really looking forward to that man we've got um your show's almost ready to be released we've got two shows that are almost post-development because all we've got to do is get intros for them one show that's in early middle development so i mean lots of stuff coming down the pipe man Absolutely, and I'm super excited for you guys to hear what we have coming down. And, of course, all the new developments that are coming in as we're approaching episode 200. Nate, we are nearly, 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 nearly 20 episodes away. No, we're only 18 episodes away. Oh, crap. I thought we were on 78. My bad. No. That was the, No, we were on the... Wait. That was the Walking Dead number. I got that confused. Oh, that's great. That's awesome. Yeah, no. That we're, was 77. We're 18 <laughs> weeks away from 200, which means if you join Patreon right now and start the Road to Infinity War back at Iron Man, which is the first episode, and only listen to one a week, by the time you get to the Black Panther review, we'll be at episode 200 of JIC. We'll see you guys there. Brando? Well, yeah, we will see you there for 200, because guess what? We are confirmed for LafiCon 2018. We have dates for you guys. June 30th and July 1st of 2018, we will be hosting live panels. We will be doing Journey into Comics 200 live from the LafiCon floor. Get down there, ask us questions, get in on it. We might do a random giveaway. That's kind of our MO sometimes. We just throw shit together and say, hey, here, have it. We don't want it anymore. <laughs> yeah, dude. Uh, representatives from, the, from other shows in the network are going to be there, too. As soon as we get a rundown of everybody who's going to be around... 
definitely uh, we're going to let you guys know. And we're going to be roaming around the con. We're going to be hopefully having uh, something there for for you guys to stop by and be able to check out, you know, you know, and get some information about us if you've never heard about us before, which you're listening to us now. That's uh, if, if you're in the con, you're like, what is this stuff? And like, where's the podcast? You're like, what is this confangled podcast stuff? And then we're going to let you know exactly what it is. And then we're going to do one for you live so you can get a live demonstration yeah. of how we do it with our crazy faces and stuff. Um, Brando, I, I think I'm ready to get out of here. How about you? Eh, me too. All right, man. Well, this was episode 182 of Journey into Comics. As not always, 178. not 178. I've been your host, Nate. I've been Brando. And as always, you know it. It's our slogan here. Open up your caps and fill your brains with shit. <laughs>